What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. That's right. Mahalo. Aloha. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Ahui hoi. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Kobe Bryant. We all miss him terribly. Can't stop thinking about him. But you heard in one of those ads about how much love we have for the first responders and the people helping taking care of us. And it's the nurses, the doctors, the the people in the medical profession working. And I'm so proud of my hospital, Cedars. But you know who I'm particularly proud of? My wife. My wife is the head of the blood bank at Cedars. She's a pathologist. And at the forefront of what is happening now to fight the coronavirus is something called convalescent plasma. So many people who've had the coronavirus but did not really suffer terribly from it. And you hear about the NBA players, you know, Von Miller from the Denver Broncos. You're going to hear all about people who've had it and survive it, some people with very minimal symptoms. Well, they now have in their blood something, the antibodies, to fight it. And the idea at the forefront of how to help people who are really sick in the ICU is to see if we can give a transfusion of the plasma of someone who actually did create antibodies who was able to fight it. And that is called convalescent plasma. Um, but it needs a special way of filtering the blood. It's called apheresis to get that plasma. And at the forefront of that, going to the hospital every day, working 24 hours, seven days a week, is my wife, who I'm so proud of, because these are the real heroes. Um, and it's uh, important for me to give a big shout-out, certainly to those folks, especially her. You can call. We can talk about your injuries, because the weekend warrior is still out there getting hurt. Uh, and I say that because I'm seeing... So many of you in my office virtually. Oh my God. I'm a 62 year old guy picking up all this technology now. And I have a blessed staff in my office. So people are calling in and I literally put the template, the tablet on the exam table. I've got the x-rays, the MRI on another computer screen and I'm telling folks, okay, show me where your pain is. Show me what your range of motion is like. And it's amazing. But you now have me in your living room talking to you, examining you virtually. It's Let me tell you something. It's going to change the way medicine is done in the future. So I'm a guy where the glass is half full, not half empty. I can't stop thinking about all the positive things that will come from this pandemic. I mean, the whole world is upside down. It's terrible. But there's got to be something in it that's good. It can't all be bad. So I I met three people this week who, when I asked them, how are you doing? The three of them said, I'm doing better than I've ever been. I go, really? You know there's a pandemic going on. How is that even possible? Well, one of them is in the wholesale wine business. <laughs> I said, really? He goes, yep. People locked in their houses, a lot of them have started to drink heavily. 
we're selling more wine now than we ever did before. I'm going, oh my God, for one man's meat is another man's poison. So wholesale wine business, good for him. Here's another one. I met a guy whose job is to put courses for college kids online. He's busier than he's ever been. He just signed a big contract with a major university here in Los Angeles for the next two years because they realize more and more of their classes better go online, and he's an expert at that. His business is booming. And the third person was yesterday. I'm driving back from my office doing these virtual visits, and I said, okay, I can't take it anymore. I need to splurge. And for me, that's food. I want a chili dog. And Carney's is terrific. We can go through all the different hot dogs that I love to go to in L.A. But I have a personal favorite. And the owner's been a guest on this show, Howard, in the past. And the place is called Marty's. It's a stand that's been there since the 50s when Howard's parents bought the property and started this hot dog stand. And they own the land. So it's not like anybody's going to come and pull the, the rug out from under them. That's why they can still be there. The hot dogs come from Chicago. It's called Vienna Beef. And it is a snap, crackle, pop when you bite into this hot dog. I, for whatever reason, you know me, I have a craving. I got to have a chili dog right now. So I drive my car. There it is. There's a parking spot right in front. I can do my social distancing. I park the car. I get out. They recognize me. Hey, Dr. Clapper, because I talk about them on the show. And I'd like two chili dogs. No problem. Let me tell you something. It was unbelievable. But I said to them, to them how's business? Dr. Clapper, it's booming. <laughs> so if you're in the online business to make courses, if you're a wine merchant or you're Marty's Hot Dogs, this pandemic has been a boon to you. And it's fascinating. That's what you have to do. You may look at your career. All of us have changes and we're going to have to get used to it. I want to be around the folks who can figure out how to take advantage of something like this, who see the beauty in it all. And that's really the, the folks you want to hang around with. You don't need another person in your life telling you how terrible it is. You need to hear stories from people who've actually taken this disaster and turned it upside down and made it into a benefit. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm still quelling. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. It never gets old for me hearing Kobe say Clapper. <laughs> so, on the video... If you go on the website, my website, you will see a woman who I love dearly, a patient of mine who I did a knee replacement on, who I didn't ask her to do this. She took her GoPro, holding it in one hand. She's 70 years old and riding a bicycle with the bandage still on her knee from surgery that I did the day before, bending her knee all the way, straightening it all the way, you know, showing off 
and proud of her surgery and she's back running around to this day. How can that be? How can you ride a bicycle like you didn't even have surgery the day after taking the bad cartilage out and putting a new implant in your knee? Well, you know how much I love my dad and my mom and I talk about them on Saturdays. And one of the joys I've always had was pointing out to my father, the carpenter, how much he taught me into into becoming an orthopedic surgeon. He would look at me going, I, I'm not an I didn't teach you anything. I, stop saying that I taught you all of these things. I go, no, you actually did. Because just like you listen to me every Saturday, making the connection between art, Frankie Lyman, Stevie Wonder, being at all like or not like LeBron James, that I see the connection with with a with a pediatric fracture. Somehow Frankie Lyman, Stevie Wonder, LeBron James makes sense to me when I'm taking care of a kid who's still growing with their growth plate. This is the way my mind thinks. And my father could not believe that I could somehow associate what a carpenter does other than the obvious of using a hammer and nails and whatnot as a surgeon. But here's an example I will give you, which is totally relatable to that woman riding her bike the next day, and it comes from carpentry. So you ready for this? When you use a power tool, a saw, I'm not talking a saw that you hold on with your hand and manually you cut through wood. I'm talking about a power saw, you know, that wheel with the teeth, going through the, the plywood or the two-by-four or whatever wood you're talking about. I remember as a kid, my dad having such difficulty cutting a particular piece of wood in his shop. And I said to him, why is that a dull blade? Why is the saw having so much cr- trouble cutting that particular piece of wood? I don't know. must have been 10 years old in my dad's shop, smelling that beautiful burnt smell of wood. I just love it with the sawdust everywhere. I mean, when I smell that stuff, it really just takes me back. And my dad, who, you know, he never said that's a stupid question to me. He would always encourage me um, to seek further. And I just love being with him. I said to him, why is, why are you using that saw blade? It seems dull trying to cut that piece of wood. And he said, Robbie, that's because I'm cutting this wood because I have to with the grain with the grain of this particular wood. That's called ripping it. That's ripping it as you cut. It's much easier on the saw blade when you cut across the grain. It's kind of like a nice juicy steak when you cut it across the grain versus with the grain. It kind of falls apart when you're cutting it with the grain. You cut against the grain, you can make beautiful thin slices. Well, the same thing for wood. If you go with the grain, The saw blade fights harder because the wood wants to separate with the grain. When you cut against the grain, you can actually dictate and the saw works better. So for the first 20 years of my 31-year history as an orthopedic surgeon, when I did knee surgery, for whatever reason, needed to get into your knee, not arthroscopically, but open, either to fix fractures or to do implants, I was taught You should always cut into the muscle across the grain. So if the fibers of the muscle are north-south, they go from the hip to the ankle, that's the grain. The fibers go north-south in that direction. You should cut east-west. 
You should take your, your knife and be cutting into the muscles from California to New York, not Canada to Mexico. But the reality is, is that is maybe the way I was taught. But 10 years ago, I learned from a surgeon, don't do that anymore, Robbie. There's a better way where you don't even have to cut the muscle. Figure out the plane, figure out the grain that the muscle is in. And just with your fingers, you can separate the muscle without cutting it and get into the joint. It's called minimally invasive. It seems like a simple thing when I describe it right now, but this was a revolutionary idea in orthopedic surgery to work with the muscle and separate it rather than cutting it. Well, guess what happens? Because you didn't cut it, there's less bleeding, there's less pain, there's less swelling. And that is why that woman is riding her bike the next day because of minimally invasive Forget the robot, forget the computers, forget Michelangelo didn't need a robot or a computer to carve the David. It's the skill of the surgeon. What you want is an artist, whatever, whether you call your plumber, your IT person, or your surgeon. You want an artist to take care of you, not just a technician. And with that, we'll take a break. Coming up next, I'll take your calls. The clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. You're not going to leave me alone, are you? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. The Grand Poobah, the Big Kahuna. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. You're listening in the background to Goody Goody. That's Frankie Lyman. Just listen to the energy. This is why he inspired Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, Bruno Mars. It all started with this guy, Frankie Lyman. So much talent. All thrown away because of a heroin overdose at age 25. He was a kid given adult treatment and it cost him his life so much talent all right the numbers eight seven 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 ten espn the clinic's open let's go to alan alan you're on with dr clapper how can i help hi doctor pleasure to talk to you um i i have stenosis in the lower back and also in, in my neck i've had uh what do you do for a living, alan? about a year ago what do you do for a living can you hear me doctor yeah i can hear you what do you do for a living i'm retired law enforcement and uh, I still work doing, uh, you know, security jobs, bodyguard, that type of thing. But I Where did you uh, grow up? In the Los Angeles area. And what did your dad do for a living? My dad worked for um, a bakery as a route supervisor. He was in sales. What time in the morning did he get up to work in a bakery? He was uh, up 3.30 in the morning with split yeah. days off. Is that the reason you decided not to go into the bakery business? <laughs> uh, pretty much, pretty much, uh, you know, sports was, was my life and what I loved, but, uh, I found a new passion and, uh, enjoyed it for almost 33 years. And what, what high school did you go to? I went to Poly out in, uh, LA in Sun Valley. And what sports did you play? Uh, basketball and baseball. Who was your favorite player growing up? Oh, it had to be, uh, growing up, it was Jerry West, uh, Oscar Robinson. That was, uh, my era. Wow. So, so and how old are you? 65. 65. Okay, cool. All right. So you, you have stenosis in your neck and in your lower back. 
Do you have numbness tingling yeah. into your fingers, into your legs? What kind of symptoms do you have? I do have the uh, tingling and symptoms into the into the foot, into the leg, and basically uh, standing in one posi- position. When I'm walking, it's pretty good, but if I'm standing, there's a sharp pain like a knife that mm. uh, radiates down to, to the lower back and the rear. And tell me a little bit more about where it radiates. Does it go into the little toe or into the big toe? It actually goes into the, just the center of the foot. And I would say the, uh, it actually the middle toes. The middle toes. Okay. So because I'm almost your age, I mm-hmm. went to medical school during a time in the, I graduated 83. There was no MRI scanner, if you can believe that. That's how old I am. And the the man, I'll never forget this guy who taught me neurology. He didn't have an MRI to check what the disc looked like and the nerves looked like. So these neurologists were amazing. They were like Oscar Robertson in basketball. They were like Jerry West rather than what they say the fundamentals of the game they were expert at. Same thing with the neurologists. And the reason I ask which toes is if you don't have an MRI, how are you going to be a neurologist in 1980 and figure out which disc is the problem? Well, if it radiates pain to the big toe, the disc that's the troublemaker is L4, L5. If it radiates pain into the little toe, the disc that's in trouble is L5, S1. These are called dermatomes that we can actually figure out. Is your reflex good or bad? Where does the pain radiate? Can you walk on your tippy toes but not on your heels? Can you walk on your heels, not your tippy toes? These incredible tools that you're taught in neurology to help figure out where the trouble is. And it's true. In 2020, I have the greatest equipment the money can buy in America, which is these sophisticated MRI scanners. But you know what? It's even more important to understand the fundamentals and then add to that knowledge the use of the MRI. So, do you listen to the show? You know what Clapper Vision is? Yes. So, stenosis with this sciatica that you have in a 65-year-old, you have to understand. So, today's topic is that kids are not really young adults in art, in sports, and in surgery. Your spine is different than a 20-year-old who has a juicy disc filled with beautiful water surrounding the collagen fibers that make up the disc itself. So when a 20-year-old comes to me with the same complaints that you have, the anatomy and the damage is for a different reason than a 65-year-old who tells me they have a sharp, knife-like pain that radiates into the middle toes of their foot because you have rusty pipes. You have a different reasons for the reason for the choking of the nerve. It's not the disc anymore. Your discs are all dried up essentially. You're dealing with bone spurs, just like the rust builds up in the pipe in an old pipe for the kitchen sink. You turn on the water and barely any water comes out. You don't have as big a hole in the bone to make room for the nerves and that choking of the nerves, not from the disc but from the bone spurs, from the rust in the pipes, if you will, is called stenosis. Now, I'm surrounded by doctors, and they're entitled to their opinion. You're, you're calling me, because so you're going to get my opinion. I 
hate cortisone shots. Right away, they're going to tell you you should have epidurals for this. Tell me what the long-term benefit is of putting cortisone into the rusty pipe. It's not going to melt the rust away. It takes away the inflammation that you have temporarily, but you've now, you haven't really changed the problem itself. You've given someone who's coughing Robitussin. Good. They feel better. But if they're coughing because they got pneumonia, they need antibiotics to stop coughing. And depending on how bad the choking is, as much as I try to keep people away from spine surgery, which I do, sometimes you have no choice. And there's no way that's going to be my first answer to you talking to you on the phone, uh, on the radio right now. Hey, sounds like you got a bad stenosis. Go have surgery. No. What I need from you to help you further, do you have the MRI of your spine in front of you? Could you read me the impression or no? Uh, Unfortunately, I do not have it in front of me, but I've, I've taken several MRIs. Okay, so I'll make a deal with you, Alan. For next week, you call, all right, maybe at 7.30. Have in front of you your latest MRI of your neck or your lower back, and I will translate it for you with clap revision and teach you, in my opinion, what your next chest move should be. It certainly will not be putting cortisone in there, but I need to know the level of damage that you have in the stenosis, and I feel I can guide you better, and I'll give you some clap revision as well. How's that sound? That sounds terrific. I appreciate it, doctor. All right, and I want you to do me a favor because I'm about to help you. You're a total stranger, and I love that you listen to the show. You're going to find a total stranger today and do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. I will do that, doctor, and I appreciate it very much. Okay, young man, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I look forward to talking to you next week. Okay, Warriors, coming up next, I'm going to tell some stories because my guest at 8.15, Dr. Trent Acosta, is an expert in pediatric orthopedic surgery, dealing with children and kids who are still growing, who have a fracture, who tore their ACL, the same injury that we're dealing with in adults, but they're in kids. You must respect the growing that's taking place. And that made me think all week, what about those same concerns in kids are not adults, in art, in music, in sports? And coming up next, you're going to hear what I found in those worlds of art and sports that's relatable to being careful not to treat a kid like an adult. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. Right now, let's take a call. Let's go to Charlene. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Oh, good morning, doctor. Thank you so much. Good morning, Charlene. How how young are you? Oh, I'm 79. When's your big birthday? In August. Are you a Leo? Yep. Me too. People who (laughs) follow this stuff go, of course you're a Leo, Dr. Clapper. It makes all the sense in the world. I have no idea what my birthday has to do with my personality. But I guess some people are just fascinated by that. I know. It was very popular years ago, all that uh, astrology stuff. (laughs) Yeah. What did you do for a living? I assume you're retired. What did you do for a living? Yes, well, I was a language teacher, and then I was an interpreter. What language was your specialty? Uh, French and Spanish. Wow. You know what my favorite word in Spanish is? No. 
I'm going to ask you, how do you say in Spanish the word for wife? Wife, esposa. Wife. That's yes. right. All right. You're an interpreter in Spanish. Now I want you to tell me what the Spanish word is for when the police arrest you uh, and put handcuffs. Yes. That's right. <laughs> this is why I love Spanish, because the word for wife and the word for handcuffs is the same word. I know. That, that is funny. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How about in French? Is it the same thing in French? What's the French word for wife? Just the word woman, femme. And what is the word for handcuffs? Ooh, that I, that I don't know. <laughs> Where are you from? Where did you grow up? In L.A. In L.A. What high school did you go to? Garfield. So you're 79 years old. You went to Garfield High School. What exactly was Los Angeles like when you were a kid, a teenager? Oh, it was so different. You know, it wasn't so built up, spread out and all that. Far fewer suburbs. I lived in a suburb that was about eight miles east of downtown L.A. Well, that's where Garfield is. Wow. And uh, so already that section of L.A. was, I would say, 90% Hispanic. And my height wow. was also predominantly Hispanic, which was great for me <laughs> because I learned Yeah, because you loved language. Yeah, I love What did your that. father do for a living? He was an artist. No, he made a living as an artist. Yes, uh-huh. Well, he called himself a commercial artist, not a fine artist. But then he was also very interested in training animals from a young age. And he got work training animals. A friend of his had a company that supplied animals for feature films and for TV. And he left the art and went to doing that uh, animal training, animal handling. For He worked on the Lassie shows. I just was going to ask you, did he work with Lassie, this giant collie? Well, Lassie was owned by one man, and he worked his own dogs. He had more than one. The Lassie you see is not the same dog every time, <laughs> but identical. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Oh, he, my God. He had several identical dogs, so that didn't put the pressure all just on one dog. And then my dad worked oh with other animals. My dad was a bird specialist, but he got off into chimpanzees and all kinds of other things, too. Are you telling me that you came home from school one day and a monkey was running around the living room? No, but when I came home from school, there were birds, lots of birds. <laughs> and he, tra he trained birds of prey. We had a... Like red-tailed hawks? Oh, yes. So we had a large garage. It was it was a very old house, so the, the garage was very old. It was like a barn, and he had an eagle, an owl, several hawks, falcons. Before the peregrines became uh, protected, that was his favorite bird, the peregrine falcon. And what did he feed? The, what did he feed these birds? Chicks. <laughs> So he had chickens making eggs. They became chicks, and they were food for the birds. Yeah, he would go and buy horse meat and feed them chunks of horse meat. 
And during the war, when meat was rationed, I was a little girl, you see, we got USDA-grade horse meat. We ate horse meat all during the war. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're incredible. You have any children? I have two girls, uh uh-huh. And grandchildren? Oh, yes, five. Wow, what a full, beautiful life you've had. All right, tell me how I can help you, Charlene. Okay, well, my sport is gardening, (laughs) and I'm squeezing those (laughs) garden clippers all the time. I suppose that's what's caused this, especially the little finger and the next finger are just, when I close my hand, it's so painful, I can't do any clipping anymore. The pain, well, it's not in the thumb or the index finger. It seems to be on the outside of the hand, and then it sometimes goes up the forearm, maybe eight inches or so, but no pain in the elbow, no pain in the shoulder, and I just don't know. Is there any numbness or tingling or just pain? Well, if I hold something like a pencil for a long time, because I'm right-handed, then my hand goes numb. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there are three nerves, just three. There aren't five, there aren't two. There's three nerves. They're like electrical wires that feed the wrist and hand and fingers. One of the nerves is called the median nerve, and it allows you to make an okay sign. All the muscles that are needed in your hand and fingers to make an okay sign, they come from this one nerve, and that is the famous carpal tunnel nerve. There's a second nerve that feeds the area that you're having trouble with, the little finger and the ring finger. That nerve is called the ulnar nerve, and that nerve wraps around your elbow. That's the funny bone nerve that you hit sometimes and causes tingling. And the third and final nerve that feeds your hand, that allows you to extend your wrist to hold a pruning shears or to hold a can of soda, that is the radial nerve. Yes, you're 79. I'm sure you have arthritis, and there's all kinds of, as we call it at Cedars, altacocaritis that you got going on. But the first place that you need to look at where you absolutely can continue to garden and be helped is we got to figure out, is the nerve, the ulnar nerve or the median nerve, being choked, causing this to happen? And it's really easy to figure it out because you do a test, an electrical test, called a nerve conduction EMG. That's what you're going to need as your first step. But what I want to do with you first is get you literally, no pun intended, into the hands of a good hand surgeon to help you. So you have a pencil. You're going to write these names down. I'm going to give you the name of two colleagues of mine at Cedars who are terrific, and they will take good care of you and get you back into the garden because their specialty is hands. One is named Dr. Tsai, T-S-A-I, and the other is named Dr. Kolber, K-U-L-B-E-R. I want you to call. They're they're on the line at Cedars. You can look them up. Both of them are excellent, and I need you to see them, and then you're going to tell me how it all went. Okay, Charlene? Okay, great. Uh, You spoke about your wife working in the uh, blood bank. Um, yes. And she's uh, involved in making serum for our pandemic? Yes, she is. She's a true hero. 
there going to be enough of that serum to go around? <laughs> there is. Don't worry. We're going to be here to take care of you, Charlene. And thanks so much for calling. I really appreciate it. God bless you. All right, Warriors, I leave you with Volare. Until next week, I'll see you on the radio. My guest next Saturday is going to be Micah Wexler from Wexler's Deli. Because I can't wait to talk to him about this new find I have. And it's, you know, you've heard me talk about shredding the garlic, kosher salt, red wine vinegar for my favorite salad to eat. But here's the kicker, the secret ingredient, white pepper. And even though there was a, something called white pepper, you try that on your salad. You don't have to put a lot, just a little. The subtlety of that pepper, I got to learn more about it. But I can tell you, Second Avenue Deli in New York, that's what's in their health salad. I discovered that by getting their cookbook, white pepper. I can't wait to ask Michael Wexler next Week as my guest, a guy who really has taken over Los Angeles with his deli where he smokes his own fish. My mouth is watering already. The locks that he creates is the best locks you'll ever have in your life. That'll be next Saturday.